Welcome to the Pleasure Seeker Podcast. I'm your host, Lydia Feldman, sex and pleasure coach, and this podcast is here to remind you of your natural birthright as a pleasure seeker so you can go create your most turned on life. Mamas, if you're ready to stop riding in the backseat of your own life, listen on. Hello, my friends, my pleasure seekers, the humans out there. Are you just a little gay? (laughs) Are you wondering if maybe you too are a little pleasure curious? Now, I ask this because, you know, one of the things that I'm so impressed with on all of my coaching calls, my clients come to me thinking they are like maybe the only ones feeling this and a lot of conflicts. Maybe there's um, questions about how to spice up their marriage, how to get more out of their bedroom life. And could having a threesome or a swinging situation or introducing just other people, whether physically or virtually into their imaginations and sex life, what does it mean about them and their marriage? So today I just wanted to talk about this idea of your sexuality as a spectrum and kind of what that means for you personally and how you can tap into that in a way that serves you specifically in the ways you want to grow and change and um, explore pleasure. So let's begin with just being human. (laughs) We are the pleasure seekers here. And as a pleasure seeker, you know, in your primal wiring, humans love pleasure. Humans want to avoid pain, and humans want to be efficient. So that is our motivational triad. That's what our wiring is. It's basic. It's, It's gotten us this far. And in this modern era, we just get to notice the shit ton of thoughts that are piling upon us that filter through this basic human wiring. So our culture, generational norms, politics, um, our identity and self-concept as women in the world today. Um, And this like new slew of millennials redefining sexuality. It's the fourth wave of feminism. That's like, what is sexuality today? And for younger, the younger generation, they might be in a different context where it isn't quite so binary. It isn't quite so either or. So there are more options, but also we are still in the general malaise of our 21st century life. So your sexuality, contrary to what you might think intuitively, is not binary. It's not good, bad, straight, gay, yes, no, moral, sinning. It's not this Um, one size fits all. And 
in essence, if we could just kind of think, oh, what if we just eliminated our language and we just went back to being basic human beings that want pleasure, that want to feel good, that, you know, a the sensation of touching your arm, slowly dragging your fingertips up, softly up through the shoulder, across the collarbone, that feels good. That's pleasure. And we don't have to get so complicated about it, but we do. <laughs> we make all of this meaning and identity and who we are when at the core of it, we just want to feel pleasure. So it's good to kind of allow your brain to be flexible in this way that um, we do likely, most of us all identify with a certain gender, a certain sexual orientation, and in general, just have a sense of what we like. But we can always be open and curious to where we get in our own way. So you're normal. You, Whatever your fantasies are, whatever your inclinations are, and deviations in your brain of what you think is normal is actually part of the normal human experience. And it's not either or which is good to remember because in this day and age where the politics of your sexuality is very is a very new social vocabulary it's still actually quite taboo to be gay let alone to be just a little bit gay or something not quite pinpointable um like how you define yourself and that is this new language that we are creating in this current generation in this current climate. So in modern times, as in, you know, not long, long ago when women were matriarchs and worshiped for their life-giving sexuality, it's like I'm talking the past 3,000 years where uh, we're, we've been in a very clear patriarchy and that patriarchal framework is man and woman procreate, make a family and build a town and God reflects that, that framework. And that's our 21st century framework that we're still operating in, even though we're kind of like pushing the boundaries. So in 1948, Alfred Kinsey was a sex researcher that started basically thinking of like post-World War II, people are having babies. There's this huge baby boom. And yet we're like right at the brink of this like 50s transition into modernity, but still very much closed sexually. Like people didn't talk about this sort of stuff. So he went and, you know, just created this massive research on human sexuality and basically blew the fucking door open and let us all imagine that what if we were a little bit gay? Well, what if that, that was not, um, either, or that's like deviant or saint, but like we all had this sort of spectrum within us. And he thought of it as very much a straight line, homosexual on one side, bisexual in the middle, heterosexual on the other side. And you got to kind of do your quiz and see where you landed. And, you know, for us now, it's like, 
homosexual, bisexual, a little gay, a tiny bit gay with a drink or two, smidge gay when no one's looking and straight. (laughs) So now we have that. We've had that for 60 years. We've had this um, framework to think of sexuality as the possibility that we are a little bit gay or even for gay people, like on a little bit straight sometimes. But now I think we get to expand that even more and think of that like color wheel where it's a spectrum and a million different shades of different colors that is undulating and shifting. And as you change and grow, your thoughts change and grow, your desires can change and grow. And it's specific to you personally. So there's so many variations and options within that. And so in some ways, the language of defining these sexual orientations is so helpful to give you options. And it's also limiting in the way that you don't need a million, you're not going to make a million categories, but you yourself right now, listening to this podcast, get to decide that a label doesn't have to define exactly what you're feeling. Unless it helps you, you can just kind of decide. So when we look at the way modern, this modern spectrum is taking form, you got patterns of sexual, romantic, and emotional attractions. And that's different than your gender identity, which is kind of your um, internal affiliation with male, female, or non-binary. But when you look at the sexual orientation element. It's like anything from asexuality, which is little or no attraction to anyone, or pansexual or omnisexual, which is open to relatively any sexual partner um, specific to that partner. You're not necessarily confined to the anatomy or the orientation. And so within that, there's queer, trans, um, lesbians, gay, like you can kind of just, there's just honestly imagine that spectrum of all the shades in between. So sexuality is not a straight line. It's not either, or it's not, I'm married as a woman, cisgendered woman that is just only going to be attracted to one person the rest of my life, because that's what God says, or that's what my marriage contract says. And that's the the right thing to do end of story. That's it. (laughs) So this is kind of like what we end up subconsciously or vocalizing in our lives that it has to look a certain way. And if we find ourselves deviating from that mentally, emotionally, um, or within our marriage, it becomes a problem in our head. But like I started with, we can just backtrack and say, oh, but to be human is to want pleasure. And I get to decide with my mind how I get that pleasure in a way that serves me the most. So it's subtle. We get this, we get to just keep paying attention to what feels good and what we like. And to be honest, you probably have a pretty good sense of where you land in that spectrum most of the time. And then 
if you're aware and open, you're probably also noticing the moments that surprise you, that you end up in part of the spectrum that you didn't think you would end up in. And sometimes you have thoughts and judgments about that. And um, your body might be reacting and becoming aroused and you might not want that. Mentally, you shut that, that part down. And that's okay too. Just noticing if that is a problem in your life. Because it's not abnormal. In fact, it's not even a problem. So this is where we get to think, all right, let's just start with our fantasy life where some of it's, it's in our imagination. I mean, that's where desire is born. That's where um, it's not the physical arousal is not necessarily there, but it's like our imagination is the gateway to that. So whether you're actualizing those fantasies or just keeping them in your head, just notice you as a living, breathing human being that wants to feel good and avoid feeling bad, get to have curiosity in your fantasies. So even if you're not acting them out, just notice what feels good. Um, your, your pleasure is not fixed. Your desire is not a problem. And then you get to decide what boundaries actually do work or could work within my sex life. So this is where I just, oh, people, I love working with my clients and having these conversations because my clients will come to me thinking I'm something has gone tragically wrong. Um, my husband wants to go to a swingers club and I feel so conflicted. Part of me doesn't know what I'll find out about myself. Part of me doesn't want to open that door. I don't want to be jealous. I don't want things to go south. I just, it's like they get tighter and tighter and more and more clenched and then judge themselves for all of that drama. The fear of, of what might happen or what does that mean about myself or my husband. And the funny thing is, this is, this is such a common phenomenon in our modern marriage, whether it's actualizing that and like going to a sex club, an orgy, a party, um, a um, dating site of swinger site or something where you're like inviting that, that other energy into your space or on the very basic level of pornography, where you're inviting virtually inviting those images into your romantic space. So, and within those images, there's such crazy range of what you might find yourself attracted to and repulsed by, and just being curious about that. So it's human. We get to be human and with curiosity, start noticing what you are attracted to and what there might be to learn from that. And this is where I like to come in. And as you're starting to open to that or just being curious about where am I putting the brakes on? Where am I afraid to go? What am I making it mean? Because there is no one size fits all. And there's no advice that I can give you to go do where 
it's going to feel right or wrong. You get to decide in your brain, in your thoughts about whatever actions or stimulus is around you that you want to invite in or not. But where I come in is where I, I want my clients and you to build a trust in yourself, a trust in your body. So it's not someone telling you what you should like or what you should try or be into or never try or never be into. It's a curiosity about you and your own imagination and body without the crippling shame and judgment that can come with our most intimate stories, our most vulnerable parts of ourselves where we literally are open and inviting things into us or mentally opening up and being vulnerable with new partners or ourselves. So this is how I want to invite you to think about trusting. Trust that you are normal. Trust that whatever you are drawn to, drawn towards is not a problem. That you are op- that you as a human are designed for pleasure. And that you can be aware of when you feel pleasure, when you feel desire. It's just like a little percolating up into your body thinking, oh, this is interesting. I'm leaning forward. My body is open to receiving and just taking notes of that. You get to decide where you take that brain of yours, where you take that thought and awareness. And then Also, noticing when you start to shame it or judge it or regret things you've done or said or thought and kind of put that confusing anxiety overwhelm, that cringing into your, your mind. Because for me personally, I will notice that I can feel this like wave of shame come over me first. I've done something wrong. I've, I am something wrong. I shouldn't be feeling X, Y, and Z. And then it's like, I notice that first before even the thought that's creating it. Oh gosh, I've messed something up. I shouldn't, I said too much. I exposed too much. I shouldn't like this, whatever it is. I notice the feeling first. So trust that your brain is normal. Trust that you are Your mind is so omnipotent in what you're experiencing. So you can just notice what's going on in there and then trust that you can experience and feel bigger emotions without crumbling. You can feel the shame and like just letting it be there, rattling around, vibrating through your body, feeling the anxiety and that nothing has actually gone wrong. Even if it's regret that you're feeling and you do want to change and not do something again, you get to just watch and understand that vibration of shame or regret in your body. Nothing has gone wrong. You can come back to yourself. It's like I always say, you're holding your hand through all of these big emotions. And then it's like you really get to trust yourself as a decision maker. You decide the boundaries you want to have in your sexual relationships. You can decide what you want to explore 
and where your no-go zones are, you can decide what you want to do and not do. And honestly, one of those decisions is to have your own back no matter what. I will love myself through this process. I will not beat myself up and shame myself for anything that I imagine or follow through on. And as you do this process of trusting your thoughts, that you can manage your mind, allowing yourself to go through these bigger emotions, fear, excitement, arousal, desire, anxiety, deciding how you want to trust yourself as a, as a, in the actions that you're taking. And what that creates for you is that you can trust yourself in shaping your own life, that you end up taking responsibility for your relationships, for your body, for your sexual way in the world. And if that means your sexual orientation or just that you get to experience pleasure wherever you want, however you want, that is how you create this turned on life where you trust yourself and you're willing to take risks and open yourself to vulnerability because you have your own back. And that's how I, I love seeing my clients transform into this radical understanding and, and exploration and acceptance of their own spectrum it's not binary. It's not either, or it's where do I specifically land in this color wheel right now today? Maybe that's different in a year and it's probably different two years, you know, 10 years ago, but like, where am I right now? And can I meet myself where I am with trust and courage and a sense of adventure? So where are you on your own sexual spectrum? A little gay? A little little curious? A little pleasure curious? Um, because you seeking your own pleasure doesn't harm anyone. Because you come at it with a sense of joy and openness. And the intent is not to hurt anyone. So keep being honest with yourself, curious with yourself, and allowing yourself to explore this rich, pleasurable palette all around you, allowing pleasure into your life and seeking it out. So if you want more on this, I invite you to just keep tuning in, keep coming back to this podcast, find me on Facebook with the Electric Ladies Lounge, and of course, book a consultation if that's something that you are ready to get even um, your hands even more dirty. <laughs> Dig right in. All right, my friends, enjoy this happy rainbow weekend, and I'll talk to y'all soon. Bye. Hey. I'd love to hear from you and know what pleasure topics you want to hear more about. Also, you're invited to come join my free Facebook group and erotic book club, the Electric Ladies Lounge. If you're curious about one-on-one -on -one coaching, book a consultation and see how pleasure coaching can transform your life.